Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 39 is going to be our text and we're going to speak from the subject faith it. You ever heard this this saying, fake it till you make it? I'm going to change it today. I'm just going to say faith it. Till you make it. Faith it till you make it. We're going to talk about faith this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, it says, But we do not belong. We're not a part of the team. We're not associated with those who shrink back and are destroyed. But to those who have faith or believe and are saved. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe And are saved. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 is going to be our secondary scripture today. It says in in, in verse 29, then he, being Jesus, touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. According to your measure of faith, let it be to you. I, I found that in our Christian culture today, that we are almost notorious for shrinking back. The, the, the scripture says we're not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but I find uh, through, throughout traveling and speaking to different churches and different places as I talk to many of you is I found that we have an epidemic in the Christian world, and it's that we are more politically correct than any other party, than any other movement, than any other persuasion, than any other group. Did, did you know that, that the only people that, that people are not tolerant to, it seems, is us? We're tolerant because, you know, you don't want to push your faith on anybody, which that's, that's so nice of you. But I, I'm, I'm going to just tell you this. If you really believed it to be the truth and you really believed it to be life-saving, it would never be a push. It would be a help. It's all on how you look on it. If Jesus is an option, maybe you don't want to force him. But if he truly is the way the truth, and the life, maybe we shouldn't be ashamed of who he is and what he is, and maybe we should not be those who are notorious for shrinking back, but to those who believe and are saved. I don't know what makes you shrink back or what makes you withdraw, uh, what, what you're afraid of, what, what, what your trigger is, but I do know this is that we live in a time where it is very easy to shrink back on areas and issues that we should be taking a stand on. We talked about this last week after the events in Charlottesville, is that our church is very clear on a stand that we take, and we're not going to shrink back on our beliefs that we are all created in God's image, that we are all his children. There is no shrinking back in us, but we believe and are saved. But what, what do we do in this life that we live, in the culture that we live in, when it seems like it's easier to shrink back than it is to move forward? It's easier to withdraw than it is to advance. It's easier to believe what I believe and sit right where I am and just not cause any waves than it is to actually take a stand for what I believe in. Let me ask you this. What makes you shrink back? What makes you withdraw? Where has life hit you or caused pain in you to make you withdraw? Or let me ask it this way. What has happened or where did you lose your faith. Let me just, just say this. What is faith? Faith is not a fantasy. Faith is not a wish. 
Faith, faith is not something I just conjure up in my mind to believe for. Faith, according to Hebrews 11.1, 1, is faith is confidence in what we hope for. And it is assurance about what we do not see. I like to say it this way. Faith is seen from God's perspective. If I, if I look at it from my eyes, it doesn't look like it's possible. But if I can see it from God's eyes, everything looks different. I, I have faith, which means I see things the way that he sees things. If you're having doubt or fear or skepticism in your life, it could be it's an area where you're looking at something naturally and you don't have a supernatural perspective. That supernatural perspective that things could change today. The supernatural perspective that God could heal your body. The supernatural perspective that God could speak to you. The supernatural perspective that God could turn your business around. The supernatural perspective. That perspective, my friend, is faith. It is not something that we can see with our physical eyes. It's something that we have to believe, and that belief has to be anchored in something. It is not a wish. You can hope for something, but that doesn't guarantee it. Faith is deeper than a wish. It's deeper than hoping for something. It's deeper than fantasizing about something. What you have faith for will always be evident by what you are looking for. You know what I found is if you really believe God to do something, you'll look for him to do it. We, we were up here getting things ready for today last night and finishing up some things. And, and Ryan said the last thing he needed was a package that he was expecting. And so they were looking for someone because they had full confidence that he was going to come and deliver the package. See, most of us, we believe God has something for us. We got faith for it. Well, at least we say we have faith for it, but we never look for it. If we really were confident that it was coming, we would look for it. If, if, we, if we were confident that God was going to bring deliverance in our life, we would look for it. If, if we were confident that God was going to bring breakthrough in our marriage, we would look for it. If we were confident God would bring provision in our finances, we would look for it. But a lot of times our faith is not even faith. It's just really a wish. It is a hope. It is a, fa a fantasy. Faith is not the law of mathematical probability. Faith is not natural. Faith is spiritual. Now, now the second scripture that we talked about, I, I, I want to just unpack it for a second because it's, it's found in Matthew, but I'm going to read to you uh, another account in Mark of the same story. It's about two blind men uh, that were on the road, and they were looking they were looking for, they would beg by the side of the road, and they were looking this day for breakthrough. They were looking to be healed because the Bible says that they heard that Jesus was on his way. Now, I want you to see this because in Mark it says that they actually heard that Jesus was coming. Now, I don't know if you know this about Jesus, but Jesus, according to John 1, is the Word. The Bible says the Word was with God and the Word is God. John 1, 14, it says that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That means that Jesus is the Word. Now, in this passage of Scripture, it says that they heard that Jesus was on his way. I, I can't imagine two blind men been blind all their lives. Another account gives us one of the names of one of the men whose name is Bartimaeus. And he's sitting there beside the road. And he do, does the same thing every day expecting just a little bit to get him to the next day. And all of a sudden he's there and he hears whispers that Jesus is coming. And there was rumors about what Jesus was doing. 
There was rumors that Jesus was healing people, that lame people were getting up, the paralyzed people were walking for the first time, that, that people that were crippled or, or people that, that, that were deaf or, or were mute were talking and hearing. There was rumors that even blind eyes were opening, that even that he had raised dead people back to life again. And those rumors had reached these men that were begging. And when they heard, there was faith that stirred within them. And the Bible says they cried out to Jesus. Now, if you read this account in Mark, it says that the crowds attempted to silence them, but they shouted all the louder. Now, I think this is interesting. You have to see this because the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So the word came walking down the road and these two men heard the word and faith stirred in their heart. And they said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. See, see, the word stirred faith in them. The faith in them caused them to do something. Caused them to cry out. Now, there wasn't just a hope that someone would come by that day. It started that way. It started with a fantasy. It started with a hope. It started with a wish. But what happened as they sat there is they began to hear that Jesus was coming. I want to tell somebody that walked in today and you don't know where you're at with your faith. Maybe you're in a fight for your life. Maybe you're in one of the greatest struggles that you've ever walked through. I just want to whisper to you, Jesus is coming. That Jesus is on his way. Right in the middle of your crisis. Right in the middle of your difficulty. Jesus is on his way. Mark chapter 10 verse 47 is where we find this. And it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now it's interesting that in our, in our text in Hebrews and in our text in Matthew, it's the same Greek word for faith. That Greek word for faith, it actually means that it involves belief but it goes beyond human believing because it involves the personal revelation of God. Is faith, true faith, is always God's work. Now I want to see this. You can believe in someone, but that's not spiritual. It's not supernatural. You, I, I, I can believe in you, and I even say I have faith in you. But to truly have faith... According to this word, this Greek word, it is something that only comes from God, which means it only can be anchored in something that comes from God, which means that this scripture in Romans 10, 17 has something for us because faith comes by, it's telling us how it's anchored. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is what my hope is anchored in that changes my hope to faith. See, I'm not just wishing that God would provide for me. I can have faith because the Bible says he's my provider. This scripture says we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. And I need you to see this as we get started, is that we are not of those who shrink back, but those who believe and are saved. The opposite of shrinking back, we would say probably is going forward, is advancing. But in this scripture, the opposite of shrinking back is believing, which tells me faith is a verb. Faith is an action word. Faith is a stance. Faith is a posture. Faith moves me forward. I am not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Faith moves you forward. 
And I want to just show you a couple things that, that I believe that we must choose as, as we dissect faith and, and as we walk through this. And, and, and they're very simple, but I think that they might do something for you. You have to, number one, you have to choose your team. I want you to look back at this text in Hebrews chapter 10. It says in the very beginning, but we do not belong to those. I'm going to stop right there. We've been saying a lot. We do not belong to those. I want to ask you this. Who do you belong to? Who you really belong to will tell a lot about you. Who you really call your people. Who you really call your community. Who you really connect with. Who you spend your time with. Who pours into you. Who you pour into. Who you surround yourself. That's your team. And according to this scripture, there was a, there was a strong stance that said we're not of those. We don't belong with those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. And I want to just ask you this today. Who do you, who do you belong to? I found that an important part of walking in faith is knowing who I belong to. An important place in faith is actually setting up camp in a place of faith, even when my situations shout or stare at me differently. You know, it's really hard to have faith when things are going bad. But faith is a posture that you put yourself in that you said, this is the team I'm on. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. Now, I have been a Seattle Seahawks fan all my life, all right, all my life, and I've been faithful. And I'm just going to tell you, we were very bad for a long, long time. When I moved to Texas, we were awful. And people said, you're a Seahawks fan? I said, yeah, yeah, I am. I am, I am, I really am. I'm trying to talk myself into it. And people said, man, this is a good time to jump ship. Come over and be a Cowboys fan because things are looking bad and they've looked bad for the last 27 years. You know, it might be time to, you know, like the Cleveland Browns fans. You know, um, sorry. Uh, it might be time to kind of make, make a switch, but, but that's, that's where I grew up. That's my roots. That's, that's my team. That's the team I've chosen. And we had our oldest son, Jude, and last year we were watching uh, some football, and he started, he's just starting to kind of watch with me, and, and we're sitting down, opening day, and so we're watching the games. I got them all recorded, because we had services all through the day, and so I got them all recorded, I get there, and he waited up for me, I get there, we're watching it, and his Cowboys game's on first, and uh, his favorite color is blue, and he says, Dad, I love the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm like, uh, 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 Jamie, help! I mean, we got, we got to figure something out. And, and so I said, would you let me explain a couple things to you. Uh, your, your dad is a Seahawks fan, and you will be a Seahawks fan. That's, as for me and my house, we will be Seahawks fans. It's just, that's the way this goes. And, and, and he said, no, I like the Cowboys. And I said, let, me, let me show you how it works for dad. Is dad loves the Cowboys. I thought you liked the Seahawks. I said, dad loves the Cowboys, but Seahawks are number one. Okay, Cowboys number two. That's how it should be for you. Okay, Seahawks number one. Now this year, it's been a year of indoctrination and me whispering in his ear in his sleep, Seahawks, Seahawks. See Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Seahawks, Seahawks. And so now we were watching one of the preseason games. And he said, Daddy, we love the Seahawks, don't we? I said, yes, we do. That's my boy. Yes, we do. Now, I'm going to tell you something. He, he, he chose last year a team based on color. 
he chose a team this year based on family. Sometimes I feel like we choose what camp that we decide to be in based on popularity, based on win streak, based on color, based on culture, based on what other. But you really have to choose your team based on where you want to go. And when you choose it, you got to stick with it. This is, I used to go back to Washington and speak, and I'm like, guys, it's rough out there. They were like, what? I'm like, I'm still a Seahawks fan, but it's rough because we hadn't done anything. And so I'm like, man, it is tough. And they're like, they're like, are you a Cowboys fan yet? That's what they would ask me. I said, well, I love the Cowboys, but Seahawks are still number one. I was like, wow, we don't know how you're holding on. Well, see, I just made my choice. And I just think that, that, that some believers, see, some people are Seahawks fans or Cowboy fans or Cleveland fans because they were born there, and they're just like, by default, I want to tell you something about the team that you choose. Your current condition doesn't have to be your future position. I'm going to tell you this right now, that wherever you are right now does not mean you're stuck where you are. You can make a choice today that says, I'm not going to be the same I was yesterday. I'm not going to be the same I was last year. I'm switching teams. I will not be those who shrink back. I will be of those. I will belong to those who believe and are saved. I remember in, I used to preach this message a long time ago, and so one of my favorite messages is on, on Gideon in the Bible. And Gideon, in the book of Judges, he, he, he's there, and the Bible says he's hiding from the war. He's hiding from battle. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. And it's like, okay, what's wrong with this picture? Is He's hiding in fear, and God's calling him a mighty warrior. There is a disconnect, and I'm going to tell you that disconnect is the beauty of the faith of God in you. Because he does not call you according to your current position today. He calls you according to the potential of your tomorrow. He knows what's in you. And when he looks at you, he doesn't see mistakes. He doesn't see failures. He doesn't see where you are right now. He sees what you can become. He sees what you can be. He sees what you will do. And he says this, the angel of the Lord spoke to him and says, God is with you, mighty warrior. He's calling him what he put in him, not the way that he was acting right now. Some people can't believe they can't come to God because of how they're acting right now. But I'm going to tell you, God sees what's in you. He knows what's in you. He knows what he's doing. And I'm going to say this, to walk in faith, you have to choose your team. You've got to choose not to belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. Number two, you have to choose your direction. you got to choose your direction. Not only was there a choice on a team, on where they belong, but then it says, who shrink back and are destroyed. So I've got to choose that my direction is no longer going backwards. Some of you, you are well conditioned to retreat whenever there is conflict, whenever there is a fight. We have this saying in our church, where there's great opposition, there's great opportunity. Which means that a battle doesn't mean that I'm going the wrong way. A battle means God's about to do something big. Opposition is a prophetic indicator that God's about to do something in my life. So I shouldn't shrink back it is time to advance. It's not time for me to retreat. It is time for me to move forward. If you choose your direction without choosing to belong to a team that is moving in the same direction, you will not have the strength to stay the course. This is why to walk in faith, you need a good team, but you also need the right direction. You need a team that moves you towards faith. That means you need to get in a group 
that moves you towards faith. You can choose to, I'm never going to shrink back. But when you're outnumbered and fear starts to hit in your heart, you might shrink back. But if you've chosen a team that believes like you believe and chooses the direction that you've chosen, then you can walk. There's safety in numbers. There's confidence in numbers. There is a security that comes when you got your team with you. So you choose your team and you choose your direction that I will not be one who shrinks back and is destroyed. I don't know what's making you shrink back in your life. Maybe it's just the passing of time between a prayer request and an answer. Maybe it's times where you've sensed or felt that God has let you down. It's, it's maybe times where you prayed for healing and that didn't happen. And so because of those things that you've walked through, now you find yourself void of faith and you begin to be passive in your journey with God and you find yourself shrinking back in places that you should be advancing into. I'm going to tell you that you've got to make your mind up that you will not be someone who shrinks back, but that's someone who advances and move, moves forward. Let me say it this way. Your direction will directly affect your destiny. Your direction, what, what you choose, if you choose to shrink back or believe, it will directly affect your destiny. You have no idea what God wants to do through your life. You have no idea what God could do in the next three months. Students in here, you have no idea what God could do in this next school year if you just chose, I will not shrink back. I will not go backwards. I'm moving forwards. It doesn't mean that you'll never make a mistake. It doesn't mean that you'll never stumble. It means you've made up your mind that you're moving forward. Teachers in here, we got all kinds of teachers that attend our church, people watching online. As you go back into this education environment, you carry with you one of the greatest weapons of all time, influence. And you have the ear of the most powerful generation that is alive today, the next one. And if you would choose that I will not back down from what I believe, I will not shrink back, but I will advance, I would venture to say that God might work some miracles in your classroom and do something substantial through your life and create legacy through what you have influenced in the students that you teach. Choose your direction, and lastly, choose your future. The last part of the scripture that we've been saying, it says, but to those who have faith and are saved. Faith is the opposite of retreat. Faith is the opposite of withdrawing. Faith is the opposite of shrinking back. Faith moves forward. When I believe, it moves me forward. Your faith determines your future. It's interesting that when God orchestrates these events and these blind men are on the road and they're crying out to Jesus, Jesus speaks to them and he says, let it be done according to your faith. Now the story says that Jesus touched their eyes, but he didn't say by this touch, you are healed. He said, by your faith. You're, the touch of Jesus shows his compassion. It shows his heart of kindness that reaches out to us, that pulls us close to him. But what actually caused the miracle to happen was not the touch. It was the faith. He says, according to your faith, let it be done. Let me, let me just propose this to you. He says, he touches them. They're not healed yet. And then he says, according to your faith, let it be done. Let me ask you this question. If they wouldn't have had faith, would they have been healed?
Wouldn't the touch been enough? No. It's the touch plus the faith that brings the miracle. It's the touch plus the faith that brings the breakthrough. It's the touch plus the faith. It says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And it says, immediately, their eyes were open and they followed Jesus. It is the faith in your heart that determines your future. Sometimes, I'm just going to tell you this, sometimes you got a faith until you make it. I can't see it. I don't understand it. I don't know what I'm walking through, but I'm going to stand in faith until I do. I'm going to stand in faith until it happens. I like to say it this way. I'm choosing to get on the offensive instead of living life on the defensive. We, we were in uh, Oregon on vacation a couple weeks ago. We're on the beach there, and, and uh, my two boys are completely opposites, Jude and Genesis. I mean, they're opposite in personalities, and uh, Genesis... Uh, will run into anything. He's the daredevil. He's courageous. He cannot get injured. He, he is, although we found his weakness, if he can actually see blood, he's, he's over. But if he doesn't see it, he could be bleeding out and be all right. But if he sees it, we found his kryptonite. And, and so he, we're on the beach, and, and Jude, he is a little bit uh, timid around dogs. He doesn't really like dogs. He, he might have inherited that from his father. Um, but so when dogs are coming, we're both like, oh, dogs. And so we have to tell Jude, like, hey, Jude, like some dogs are coming down the beach. And Jude, like, <laughs> jump into my arms. And then like, like, okay, okay. We tell Genesis and he goes, oh, started looking around. So these dogs walked up to us with, with, their, uh, these, with their owners, you know, and um, not just like these dogs came walking up. And, um, these dogs and, and their owners came up, and, and Jude is, like, clinging. You know, he's, he's away from the situation. Genesis, he just has been riding the sand with a stick. He just has a stick in his hand, just, just kind of hitting that stick against his hand, just kind of like it's a club. And um, just kind of like bring on the world. That's kind of how Genesis is. He just kind of like, what? What? Sometimes Jamie's even said this. He's like, sometimes he intimidates me. Because he'll, he'll just look into your eyes like, you going to do something about it? I mean, it's like both me and Jamie are like, oh, maybe. Uh, so he's there, and this lady comes with this small little cute little dog, and, and she sees that Jude's scared, and so she goes to Genesis, and she's like, he's a really nice doggy. It's okay. Come here. You want to touch him? He's a really nice doggy. Genesis pulls back full swing. Takes a Takes a, this dog's like this big. Takes a full swing at the head of this dog. The lady switched in a hurry, and she's like, oh, you know, grab a dog. How dare you? Get away. Like, like all of a sudden, and Genesis kind of shrugs and walks away. A couple minutes later, a Rottweiler is walking the other way, and this is no lie. As God is my witness, he looks at the dog and goes, <sighs> <sighs> We're like, is he growling at the What? I don't know if he thinks he's an animal or like he's trying to establish rank. I don't know. It's just, what is this, child? Let me say it this way. He lives life on the offensive. And I think that picture might be a good picture of how the believer should have their posture. It is a posture of I will not be 
or belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but I will believe and will be saved. It is a posture. It is a stance. And it is what God desires from each and every one of us so we can walk in the fullness of his calling and his assignment. It is faith. And sometimes you got to faith it until you make it. Now, now, now this, this is the best part. we got to say all this just to say this as we close. Because our faith, and sometimes, even in Christian circles, faith can sound like we talked about in the beginning. It can talk, it just sounds like just blindly trusting something. Which it is, it's something that you cannot see. But you have to understand that faith, according to the Greek word that's in all of these scriptures about faith, comes from this, this, this origin, this, this thought, this belief, this meaning that it's greater than belief. It's a faith that can only come from God, which goes back to faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. This is how you can have full faith and confidence in what God has for your life. If it says it in here, then this is the voice in the heart of God to you. So my faith is not in, man, I just would really love a yacht someday. I find what is in this word and that is, well, if I've got faith, I can have it. No, you can only have faith in what he said. And if part of your assignment includes that, if part of his provision includes that, that is totally fine. I'm not anti, but the, the foundation has got to be in this word. Whatever he said in here, I can believe for out here. Whatever he said in this book, I can believe for my life. Isaiah chapter 41.10 says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If that speaks to you at all, you can claim that with faith for your life. If he said it, it's for you. Isaiah 54.10 says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Psalm 9, 9 and 10 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Philippians 4, 19, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All those promises in those various scriptures is what our faith is anchored in. See, it's not faith is conjuring up something that you want to believe for that you cannot see. Faith is aligning your life with this book, and wherever there is a disconnect, you can believe that God wants to bring it into your reality. When he wants to provide for you, it is not just because he wants to provide, it's because he said it in the book, and by my faith, now I can believe that I, even though I don't see it, God is going to come through. And this is how a believer should live their lives, because we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we belong to those who believe 
and are saved. And we're not believing some dream. We're not believing some fantasy. We're believing the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, what the Word God has written, what the Word of God says is what is reality to me and to you. And I can stand in faith until I see it come to pass. That's the faith that God desires for us. That's the faith that is available to us because this type of faith only comes from God and the only way that it can come is by hearing the word of God to see what is reality or what is available. Even by sitting in these 30 minutes, faith is being built in you. Why is it important to be in church all the time? Because whenever the word of God is preached, faith, you might not even feel anything, but faith is being built as you hear the word of God. Next time you feel alone or afraid, the Lord is my strength and my salvation, my light. Why should I be afraid? Well, that's a great promise. No, that's what I can have faith in now because it's what he said. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.